Good evening and welcome to another episode of the DFWTO podcast. I am your host, Casper. I am your other host, Becky Gremlin. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because... Wednesdays are for podcasts. So you guys might think everything sounds weird right now. I probably sound like I'm underwater. Sophia or Becky sounds like she's a million miles away. Um, we have been canceling the podcast a lot these past few months due to deaths and families, and, um, we've had to reschedule with our friend Tony a few times, and then, you know, I decided to go off and get COVID, so... How dare you, Zapper? <laughs> like, I mean, really? What like, actually you know, makes me... Huge interview that we have postponed, I don't know how many times. I think three. Like but <laughs> listen, so what makes me more upset is that I have went two and a half years, two and a half years of avoiding this thing, working in the public, working, you know, going out in the public and doing this and that, and then all of a sudden, no more. <laughs> yeah, but I was working from home when I got it, so you were around people and didn't get it. I have no idea, you know. It's I don't know. it's a Who thing. Knows? But it's anyway, never. so There's a full moon this week. It's you know, Mercury's and Gatorade and Mercury and Gatorade's in the microwave Jupiter, and <laughs> so, you know, it's whatever. <laughs> so we are finally bringing you guys um our episode tonight with Mr. Tony Wash, um, you guys might remember him. We did an episode with him way back when we first started the podcast, actually. Um, Three years ago. Yeah, and me and, um, I had met him at Horror Hound, and, uh, he was promoting his movie Skeletons in the Closet, which to this day is one of our favorite horror anthology films ever made. Um. Yes, yes. I was actually just recommending it to a friend today, so... That's funny, so was I, because they were yeah, asking me who he was, and I was we like, watch... We were talking Watch-. about horror anthologies, and I was like, hey, I got one for you, so there you go. It's so good. But, um, so, we're welcoming him back, because he has actually been working on some, uh, stuff with Bloody Disgusting. They're called Bloody Bites, which are, are actually horror anthologies as well, and um, we've been looking forward to talking with him again anyway, just because, you know, you make friendships with these people. You know, you you, you talk to them, and you get to talk to them about, about their projects and stuff. And uh, Tony has been one of the coolest people we've talked to, so we super appreciate him. And we are very happy to have him back on the show. So welcome back, Tony. Hello, ladies. Nice to hear from you again. Well, we appreciate it so much, um, you talking with us tonight and working with us and understanding that life, unfortunately, happens, and (laughs) so um, thank you again so much. We really appreciate uh, you coming back to talk to us, especially after three whole years. Well, you know, I I was curious to find out what exactly Mercury being in Gatorade is all about. (laughs) I don't really understand that. <laughs> Mercury. I, don't I really don't. So Mercury um, does this thing where it goes into retrograde and everything goes to shit. <laughs> that's that's pretty much what it is. Retrograde, I, Gatorade. I got you. I like to make any any other reference to retrograde other than retrograde. So it's either Gatorade or Powerade or just any other aid you can think of. You know, limeade, lemonade, whatever. Sweet. I like it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be back on the show. I mean, we obviously talked so long ago when 
when we were promoting Skeletons in the Closet when it was first coming out. So to think about the fact that you know three years have gone by, it's hard to believe. And, um, so I'm just glad to be talking to you again, and I, I look forward to having your newer audiences kind of get introduced to some of the things we've got going on with Scotchworthy Productions. And again, just always good to, to chat with you girls and have you check in with everything we got going on. Yeah, you too. It's always really nice to have you uh, and talk to you because me and you have kind of talked outside of the podcast a little bit here and there and just keeping up with how things are going with you and stuff like that. And it's been a wild three years. <laughs> it's yes, tell you that was. much. Well, so, um, Tony, how did, uh, how did you, um, end up kind of getting this opportunity with, with bloody disgusting, um, you know, for our audience that isn't, uh, familiar with bloody disgusting, they've, they've been in the business for quite some time, just pretty much all things horror for at least the last 20 years. Um, so when and how did you get involved with working with them on bloody, with bloody bites? Uh, yeah, they, um, so yeah, they've been around since I think 2001. Um, which is uh, pretty crazy to think about that. I think Tom and Brad who run Bloody Disgusting are the same age as me. We're all 42. And so to think that like in 2001, I was in like my junior, senior year of college to think that these guys started this humongous website. They're like junior year of college is just, it, it blows my mind. And I'm very, I'm very happy for them with all the success they've had because uh, they've become good friends of mine. So, Basically, um, my, uh, my family accountant, who my family has been going to for 40 years now, um, I started going to him when I started producing films because I created my production company. And so my dad's like, well, you know, you need to, you need to have your accountant go through your business stuff. And so met up with the family accountant and he's looking over everything and he was really intrigued by the fact that we made horror movies. And he's like, well, you know, you actually should talk to another one of my clients. Um, his family's been coming to me for like 40 years too. And he um, runs a, a big horror website. And I was like, oh yeah, well, what is it? And he told me it's bloody disgusting. I was like, no shit. I'm like, I mean, that's like not, that's not even like a horror website. That's like the horror website. Um, you know, I mean, obviously you got Dread Central and you got Fangoria, but um, I, I just, I think that in terms of like, social media and, and internet presence bloody disgusting is the horror website and so um you know it was it was pretty awesome to hear that so he gave me tom's information and said you know you should reach out to him so tom and i touched base and and from there like i think we emailed and then from there he was going to be uh they were going to be at a horror hound coincidentally uh, i think indianapolis horror hound and I was going to go there too in 2009 and I had just released my movie. It's my party and I'll die if I want to. Um, so I went up to their table and Brad Misco was at the table. Uh, Tom wasn't there. Met with Brad, gave him a copy of my movie. We bullshitted for a few minutes and then kind of walked away and, and left it at that. I never even met Tom and about a half a year goes by and I'm at another convention and I'm sitting on my table on Friday morning. And Brad walks up to me and he's like, hey, Tony. And I was like, at first I didn't really recognize him. I'm like, oh, hey, what's going on, Brad? 
And he's like, you know, hey, I, I want to talk to you for a second. I'm like, well, what's going on? And he's like, you know, I got to I got to apologize. He said, you know, I get tons of movies from people all the time um, to review for the website or whatever. And um, and at the time, I think they were distributing movies um, through the collective. And uh, so he's like, you know, I've got I got stacks of movies at home that I just never watch. And he's like, so it took me like a half a year to watch your movie. I finally watched it. And I got to tell you, I really fucking enjoyed it. And I was like, that was really nice because he didn't even have to do that. Like, it's not like I was beating down his door asking him for his opinion or anything. And and so for him to just kind of come up out of the blue and give me that compliment was really nice. And um, I think that that kind of just like, you know, broke the ice a little bit. Um, cause you know, you, you can, it's easy to be intimidated by people who have, you know, that, that larger persona, I guess, which Blade Disgusting, I think has, that'd be like talking to, you know, one of the executives at Paramount or something, in my opinion, or Chase. A thousand percent. Oh yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, and so, so I was really, I was really appreciative of that compliment. We, we really didn't even talk that much for the next couple of years from like, 2010 or 2011 until like in 2014 when we started doing this show world of death um which was our original anthology web series uh we reached out to brad and asked if bloody disgusting was interested in kind of helping us distribute world of death and they were and so we ended up putting world of death on their youtube channel and um that ran for a little over four years we played 200 episodes um, we aired over 500 short films. We represented filmmakers from more than 50 countries. So it was a pretty awesome experience. Built a nice community of horror filmmakers, um, some of which have collaborated together and stuff, which is great. And so in 2020, you know, my co-producer Jim Peterson and I were kind of getting to the point where we were like, okay, World of Death has kind of run its course. We, we're not making any money or anything off of it. So at this point, it's all entirely you know, us doing this because we like the community we've built and because we don't quit at anything that we do. And um, Tom called and was like, you know, Tony, we're, we made a deal with Cynodyne, which is this huge media company, distributor and all sorts of stuff. They've got tons of channels, streaming channels and stuff. We made a deal with them where we're going to create a, a bloody disgusting TV channel that's going to stream on Roku and we're going to try and get it out to other places. And at this point now, uh, Bloody Disgusting TV is on Sling, Pluto, um, Vizio, T Smart TVs, a whole bunch of other places. I think you can watch on Amazon and all sorts of places. Um, and uh, Cinedime also bought Screenbox and is in the process of rebranding it. And so what happened is they said, you know, we want to take World of Death and we want to basically evolve it to a new show. We're thinking something like Bloody Bites, and uh, we want to do the same thing, only instead of World of Death, which was anything and everything, we want Bloody Bites to be the best of the best. So we want you to go out and find and curate the best short horror films, and thrillers, and sci-fi films that you can find, and let's put them on the channel, and we'll stream them, and, and we'll give the filmmakers some ad revenue, profit, and, uh, you know, it's it's a pretty awesome experience at this point. We've been running since October 2020, and uh, in October 2021, Bloody Disgusting got bought by Cenodyne. So Screenbox is basically being rebranded as like Bloody Disgusting Screenbox, 
They just acquired Terrifier 2, which is premiering next month on nice. Screenbox exclusively. Um, we just premiered the uh, Pennywise um, documentary, which is about the 1990 uh, It miniseries, The Making Of. So pretty awesome. It, it's just it's super cool that, that this has all come together the way it has. Um, I'm really excited to be at the ground on the ground floor with it all. Wow. <laughs> that yeah, is... that's in that is incredible. Yeah. yeah. Tony, I mean, you know, and of course, a friend of the show here, we just had a great interview not too long ago with, with uh, David Howard Thornton. So we're incredibly excited for Terrifier too. But uh, yeah, that's, you know, and it's crazy that you mentioned Fangoria because I'm, I'm 38, so Fangoria was like, as a horror fan of that generation, that was like the first one that I was introduced to. Like, seeing the magazines and my parents are like, absolutely not. And yeah. <laughs> like, there's no way. Um, I'm like, please, begging them. Um, and then I, um, I was uh, graduating high school around the time that uh, Bloody Disgusting got their start, so I actually didn't get introduced to them until probably about 10 years ago. Um, so it's been crazy just even in that 10 year, in the 10 year span of time, all that they've um, come to and accomplish. Uh, and as, with, especially with everything with acquiring Screenbox, that's, that's, that's wild. That but is it's, absolutely it's really amazing. I did not know that they acquired Screenbox, so that's actually really cool. And to see that they're getting rebranded um, like that, too, because I remember, I remember Screenbox vaguely, but I wasn't a big fan of it. I just felt like it needed some help, and it sounds like that's what it's getting. So, you know, I was really, really excited about hearing about that uh, when you said that, because that's all news to me. I didn't know any of that was happening, so that's really cool. Yeah, you know, Screenbox, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I feel like it was it was mismanaged by whoever created it initially. And and you think about, um, you know, Shudder, when it started six or seven years ago, it was pretty small as well. But the big thing that Shudder has going for it is that Shudder is owned by AMC, mm -hmm. not the theaters, but the, the TV channel. And right. so, you know, not only are they able to utilize stuff that amc is distributing from my understanding but on top of that they just have tons of money supporting them and so when screenbox got bought by cynodyme and then cynodyme a few months later bought bloody disgusting they basically were like look you know we're not and they tried to apparently buy fangoria too because they want to just do this one big thing you know and just combine all the superpowers so to speak big horror conglomerate <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the blob. Um, <laughs> and and so, you know, it was it was awesome because to me, you know, Screenbox needed it. It needed a refresher, it needed to to get some fresh air, um, you know, um, blown into its lungs and, and I really think that that this is what it needed and the awesome the, the most awesome thing about this all is that Brad and Tom have basically said, Look, you know, they bought bloody disgusting because they essentially trust our, our opinions in terms of horror. When it comes to horror, they're going to turn to us and say, what do you guys think? And so the really awesome thing about that is that 
we, and, and by we, I mean them 95%, me maybe 2%, and then other people 3%. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it's like, but, but I am involved in helping kind of collect and, and acquire new content for, for Blaze Gusting TV and Screenbox. And, um, you know, they recently, about three or four months ago, they, they promoted me. Um, and so I'm, I'm not just programming the television station and producing Bloody Bites. I am also the film festival relations um, coordinator, whatever you want to call it. Um, like I said, I work with acquisitions. And so it's like, and we're also looking at eventually doing original programming as well, um, where, where we're going to be. The one thing that, that they have talked to me about that they, they would like to eventually do is a, um, another Skeletons of the Closet, which is cool. Yes, please. I will yeah. help fund that. You just tell me where the GoFundMe page is. <laughs> well, they're not. I mean, that's, that's the cool thing is that they're basically looking at going to Cynodyne and saying, look, daddy, you've got big, deep pockets. Give us some money and uh, we'll make you a movie. And so that's what the hope is, is that, you know, um, Bloody Disgusting has internally greenlit it from what they say. Um, so now all they have to do is take the, the content to Cynodyne and, you know, we're hoping to get this going next year. Um, so that's on top of everything else that we've got going on. But, uh, you know, it's, it's just the icing on the cake at this point. I'm, I'm so happy with everything else that's going on that, uh, um, you know, getting another Skeletons in the Closet movie made would just be amazing. And, and I know you would love that. I mean, you said it's one of your favorite, one of your favorite anthologies. So I'm sure you'd love to see another one. Please. <laughs> yeah, I, I absolutely well, would. I I feel like anthologies are one of those things in horror that, you know, when they're, when they're done right, they're just phenomenal. Um, especially if there's a, you know, maybe some kind of tie-in to, I, especially with the way that I like skeletons, like the way skeletons in the closet was structured. I liked, I liked the two characters. I liked that. And I'm so sorry. My, my brain, you think I'd have COVID break because my brain just went to mush for a second. What, <laughs> what their names were, the couple on the couch, the woman and, um, like, yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, I loved that dynamic of having them as like these central figures and they play off of each other so well. And then the way it would go into each story, I personally, me, I like anthologies that are set up like that. That there's like I, a central figure or figures and that kind of have their own story going on along with uh, each story that you're seeing as the anthology unfolds. Yeah, you know, I, I've i always been a big fan of horror hosts and hostesses, especially the cute hostesses. Um, you know, Elvira, um, the like. I've always been a big fan of them. You know, I used to watch a lot of USA Up all night with Gilbert Godfrey. Uh, rest in oh, R.I.P. Man, that was yeah. See, you and I were speaking the same. We're from the same generation, so I yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that was that was your. That's my whole childhood. I still, my dad and I still watch Sven Gulli. Like, oh yeah. Where do you guys I, live? Um, Cincinnati. So we get uh, we get WGN 
Wow. Okay. From yeah, from Chicago, I've got I've got WGN my whole. We've gotten WGN my whole childhood. Yeah. Uh, so you know, it's in, so that, in Cincinnati. So yeah. That's awesome. Because yeah, I mean, I I didn't watch a ton of Spengali because I would I never seemed to be watching TV when that was on. But believe me, I would have if I could because when I was really young, my mom only let me watch like the black and white movies, and then when I was like seven, maybe seven years old, I'd say I watched Bright Night. And I saw Child's Play. I saw House, um, Night of the Creeps, and oh, then yeah. <laughs> so, so those were like the first color horror movies that I watched, and and so it was, and and like Nightmare on Elm Street, my dad and I finally watched, and so, um, you know, I when my parents got divorced, and I'd go and stay at my dad's, we would watch like USA Up all night, or um, we rented Chud. That's the first time I saw that. Oh my um, God, Chud! You know, it was, yeah, and it, it was just it was. As much as it sucked for my parents to obviously get divorced when I was a young kid, it was almost like it, it gave me an opportunity to to get that kind of like that side of my dad's personality where it's like, hey, let's, you know, let's do something that, you know, you may not be able to do when you're at home with your mom. Um, so I, I yeah. really enjoyed that. And that that further ingrained my my love and passion for the horror genre. And uh, and so. You know, growing up on on those types of things, you know, the Crypt Keeper from Tales from the Crypt, and oh, uh, even yeah. reading even reading the comics when I was a kid, um, you know, it's like you you look at that and you say, okay, well, there's a hundred examples of male horror hosts from Sammy Terry and Spanguli and the Crypt Keeper, and then you've got even more examples of female hostesses like Elvira and Vampirella and all of them, but you've never seen them together. And so that's that's why I, I, I wanted to give them that Paganel Bundy dynamic because she killed him. And so, you know, she, he's kind of in his own private hell because, you know, she's making him watch these movies that he doesn't want to watch. He's hanging out with her, which he doesn't want to do because she murdered him. I mean, I'd be pissed off at my wife if she killed him. Uh, Captain, I'd be like, you know, a divorce would have probably been easier on all of us. I, uh... But no, just she wanted to keep saying. him. She wanted to keep him to do her, everything with her at all times. I yeah, I yeah. really love the the. Now the more I'm thinking about it again, because that was married with children was something I grew up with. The more I think about it again, that you said that that was so perfect. They they are so uh, Alan Egg Bundy. I mean, they really are. Yeah, yeah. It's. They worked out really well. My co-writer on the movie, Johnny Lusick, is um, he's really good at at just like that type of banter. So I was really excited about that. Um, and uh, you know, it, it turned out really well. I, I'm really proud of that movie, and I'm excited to to, to create the next iteration of it. You know, um, I my desire would be to bring all the characters back again from the first movie. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we have to see how it goes. We have to see what Cynodyne likes and if they like it. Um, and so I'm just keeping my fingers crossed. You guys do the same. But for now, you know, I'm just excited because I, I got plenty of other things going on. And Bloody Bites is kind of at the forefront of it. Um, I, I just actually created the IMDB page today for it. And uh, I was trying to figure out, like, all the episodes because I don't know like the numbers of them for each season and I happen to find them on Pluto and so I think that's pretty awesome that you can watch all of them on Pluto you know that is really that's cool actually, <clears throat> that's, that's how, how we did uh, it 
We watched it. Yeah, yeah, we both did. We watched it on Pluto. It was a uh, lot. Really, most of them I watched from my phone. It was so easy to use because you can, you know, of course you could download it on your TV, but your computer, your phone. So uh, yeah, it was perfect. It was really, really simple to watch them like that. So everybody out there, if you haven't seen them yet, Pluto has a place to watch it. <laughs> and it's yeah, free. Yeah, it's, it's... Yeah, it's free. It's super easy. You got to deal with like one or two commercials throughout the show, but it's a thirty-minute episode. But it's pretty awesome that you can literally like watch it for free, you know. And and you can watch all the first, the first and second season. Um, I think I think the third season is starting to come live on there. Um, I don't know for sure. Um, I, I don't remember noticing, but. Uh, yeah, what? So you, you I know you you watched um, a bunch of the episodes. What are some of your favorite short films that you can remember? That, hey, perfect segue. Um, that yeah, was perfect. Actually, I'm sorry, uh, I keep choking a, right now. I'm trying to stop. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a total nerd and uh, took notes um, for the episodes that I watched. Uh, actually, me and Casper watched the same episodes, but um, I'm a nerd and took notes. So. Um, First, I wanted to say that, you know, with season three, that was some, you know, congratulations, that was something that we saw on the Instagram page of season three kicking off recently, um, and that the new episodes are going to air every Friday uh, through September and October, so um, yeah. that's that's really awesome. Um, but, uh, yeah, now I know for us, I would say... Um, this, would, this would be for season one, so it was actually... Uh, from episode four, we were both talking um, about how much we really enjoyed, and this seemed to be, from what Casper told me, a real fan favorite was Invaders. Oh, yeah. Um, I want a full-length was... film of that, please. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like The Strangers on Crack. And I need, like, <laughs> I need, like a full, whole movie of that, please. <laughs> yeah. Jason Cutler, the director, is a, a really solid guy. I, I've talked to him a number of times. Um, I don't know if he's done much film work since, but I absolutely love that short film. It had tons of film festival success. I believe it went to South by Southwest, some of the other big festivals. And um, it's just such a funny short. Like when I've, I've watched it a handful of times because we actually just got um, we're doing this really awesome Halloween. Um, promotion with this company called Firefly. And Firefly is a company that has been putting uh, monitors in the backs of Ubers and they also put like the, the, the digital signs on top of Uber cars, kind of like taxis. And so they created a deal with us where we gave them I think a dozen short films from Bloody Bites and they're going to be streaming in the month of October, in the backseats of Ubers. Oh my God. Pretty bad. Um, but so I had to censor all the profanity because they got to be PG 13. And, and Invaders has a handful of F bombs and some S, some shits. And so it's, yes. it's just funny because when they're sitting in the car, the, the, the guy is like trying to pick out which masks to use. And he's like, he's like, you know, I got these. I got these really creepy things, and he like puts on like the, the chipmunk mask, and he's like, "This is some creepy shit." <laughs> I just love it. And so much blood, like so I mean, much. And I love the entire ending with the credits. Is he's still yeah. just spewing blood out of his neck, like the entire credits? 
And I'm just sitting there giggling to myself because I'm like, this is absolutely ridiculous and I love every minute. You can't bit have too much blood. You can't. Yeah. You can't have too much blood. <clears throat> yeah. It's, you know, it's, that's the really great thing about Bloody Bites is that it's such a, a collection of stuff with such variety that, that, that every horror fan, there's a taste for you out there. You know, if you like monsters, if you like haunted houses, if you like found footage, you know, there is at least a short for you in Bloody Bites. And, um, you know, it's like there's there's a lot of really funny shorts in Bloody Bites. Um, that, you know, that episode's got invaders in it. There's another episode that's got in play shows a really funny short. And um, uh, what's the other one I really like? Uh, um, Unholy Moly. That was actually yeah. one that I, I had yeah. to bring up because me and Casper were literally just talking. She was like, oh, my God. And I was like, listen, I don't know why for whatever reason. Maybe I was high. Um, and I can say that on here. I have a medical card, so anyone um, <laughs> I have a medical card, so I don't want to hear it. I, I have said that on here. Um, I was I, so I, I very well could have been high, uh, but I laughed. Uh, no, I, 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 my husband watched it too. Thought it was hilarious. Um, it was so. It was just goofy, funny, and I love guacamole too. So I think that's what made it even funnier for me personally because of how much I really love guacamole. So I went through this like, oh my God, do could I love guacamole that much? Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was pretty funny. It was so like it was almost like Rosemary's baby ish too. Like so It was like Rosemary's baby meets Evil Dead. And I know Evil I Dead's like, a weird combo with it, but it's it's demon, yeah, it's like the guacamole like, demons, like Evil Dead. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really funny because a lot of them, you know, they, like that whole episode's funny. We summoned the demon is really great too. Um, oh, yeah. I I absolutely love. I think out of really, we summoned the demon was I I probably love that one. I I think unholy moly just uh the ridiculousness of it because I think you were expecting, like I said, going into it, it was very Rosemary's baby ish to me. I'm like, Oh my God, you know, it's the, un his unborn child. And then all the guacamole, I'm like, Oh my gosh. So it was so goofy, but like we summoned a demon was just a totally different thing. I actually had to watch it twice. Cause it first, I was like, wait a minute. I thought I was like, I think I might've missed something and then went back and watched it again. And I'm glad I did because there's a lot of banter between those two guys, like in the beginning that I think I missed. That was just hysterical in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of really great stuff. And that's just what I love about it is that, you know, I try and curate episodes with themes to a degree. And so like that episode with inflatio and, and, uh, um, uh, we summoned a demon and ho un uh, holy, unholy moly. Um, you know those those are like the, that's the funny episode, and then you've got you know some other ones that are that are just really scary. Like like I think episode six from the first season has um, two shorts called Cassandra and Let Me Play, and they're just incredible short films. Um, you know another really funny short film is on episode 17 called cursed beer glass that my buddy tom newell did um 
know, trust me on episode 21 from the first season is really creepy. And so there's, there's one coming out. Actually, we've got, we're doing a Halloween special where I'm going to premiere three new episodes, uh, the week of Halloween. And, um, they're, they're all going to be from season four, which comes out in December and January. And one of the episodes has a short called the lake and it is just absolutely awesome it's so creepy as soon as i saw it i, I like emailed the director and i was like please let me show your short film because it's it's like got that underwater kind of zombie like shock waves type of thing going for it and it's just so fucking cool very wow. the fog um, you know you can just tell that the filmmaker had like a lot of a lot of um inspiration from from those movies as well as evil dead um, but not in a not in a silly way, more of a creepy way. Right. Um, so, yeah. So it's 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 exciting, you know. It, it, it we have we still have a cachet of over a hundred films that haven't aired yet. And oh wow! Been, you know the the really great thing is that since I'm now the film festival, uh, you know, correspondent or whatever you want to call it with bloody disgusting. Part of what I do with, with the film festivals is I basically look at all their content and ask the film direct, the festival directors to reach out to the movie directors and create a, a communication with me to acquire their films. And so I've been working with a lot of really awesome film festivals like Panic Fest and Genre Blast and Nightmares Film Festival, um, Horror Origins. Uh, the Days of the Dead conventions have a film festival that I'm working with as well. Oh, nice. And, and I'm, I'm continuing to collaborate and, and build relationships with new festivals. You know, I've only been doing this for three months now, so I'm really trying to continue to build on that and just try and collect as much as I can. Um, and, and at this point, Bloody Bites is their number one original program. Um, in terms of audience, you know, reaction. So that makes me really happy. Wow, that's, that's amazing, man. Yeah, it is amazing. Congratulations on that. Um, I love film, film festivals. I, I do think that, and, uh, you know, to get your opinion on them, especially with, like, newer up-and-coming filmmakers, do you think that this is a, that that, that is one of, the positive ways to help uh, get their movie and their name out there? Um, yes, yes and no. You know, I think, I think that it really depends on, on you. I think that you have to, you, you can't lie to yourself as a filmmaker when you, right. when you, when you look at, at festivals, you know, like when you, when you're creating a, a film, especially a short film, Short films are a really good pulling card. You know, they're, they're a good way for you to get your foot in the door, for people to see your talents and, and get to know you because they're relatively inexpensive to make to a large degree. And they're, they're pretty simple to make in terms of the time that's invested, you know. So I tell everybody who wants to be a filmmaker, start by making a short film. I didn't. I made it's my party and I'll die if I want to, which was a feature. It was a choose your own adventure feature. And that was crazy that I did that looking back. But um, so, yes, I think it's smart, but I think that a lot of filmmakers don't take into consideration just how expensive it is to submit to film festivals. Um, you can easily spend anywhere from 
you know, you can spend thousands of dollars submitting to film festivals. And so when I say that filmmakers really need to take into consideration their film's quality, you know, um, I, I think that you have to, like, everybody thinks that the movie that they make is, like, the best movie ever. I thought my first movie was going to be The Next Evil Dead. And, you know, looking back on that, I laughed because it was such a silly thing for me to think. But, you know, at the same time, you should be confident and, and optimistic. You know, why not? And especially if you manage to finish the movie, it's so damn hard to make one in the first place. Um, so I just, I think that, like, if you make a movie and you think, oh, well, I'm going to submit it to Sundance, but you shot it on, like, your, you know, your, your mom's video camera that, that, you know, you had in the closet since 1998, you know, <laughs> chances are it's not going to get into Sundance, you know. And I'm not saying it's that that's not going to happen guaranteed, because it might. There's movies that have been shot on iPhones that have played at Sundance, but, you know, at that point, then you kind of have to have a gimmick along with it, you know, some sort of social commentary or something. And so I just think that, I think that that's the biggest thing, because otherwise I think that, yes, I think the film festivals are, are definitely good because it's all about networking. You know, you go to a film festival, you meet other filmmakers, you, you meet festival directors, you meet producers, you never know what type of relationship you're going to develop from a film festival, uh, you know, experience. And, um, you know, that's, that's one of the, the fun things that I like about being friends with so many independent filmmakers and film festival directors is that like this past weekend was genre blast, which is a pretty big, um, genre festival. Um, I would call it like a B tier, you know, your A tier is the big ones like Sundance and Slamdance and South by Southwest. And then your, your B tier are the, the genre festivals that if you get into them, you're, you've got a good chance of getting distribution if your movie's really good. And, you know, you've got a really good chance of networking with some solid people. And so that was just this past weekend and, and all yesterday and today, people on Facebook and Instagram have just been posting pictures and, and, you know, talking about how wonderful an experience it was meeting other filmmakers and screening their films with people that, that are passionate about horror and, and genre work and, and just, you know, um, very positive and enthusiastic and um, inspiring, you know. So I just love being involved in all that. It, it makes me, you know, as you girls know, I haven't directed a movie in five years and I miss being behind the camera desperately. I can't wait to, to get another shot at directing a movie. Um, but, you know, in the interim, I've, I've done a lot of personal stuff in terms of getting married and buying a house and all that shit. But also, like, all of the producing work that I've done between Bloody Bites and I've been involved as a producer on a handful of features at this point. Um, so that that's what's, what's really cool is that I'm still doing stuff and I'm trying to build my reputation, you know, in other regards, not just as a director, but my hope is that with all the networking I'm doing with bloody bites and bloody disgusting, it's going to pay off and find me some new collaborators in the future. Yeah, we hope so too. That's amazing to hear about the, um, connections. I think that's something that's really important. Um, especially within the horror community that you are able to there's that almost seems like a sense of camaraderie with being able to come together like 
being able to come together like that and having kind of, well because you kind of have a same you're you're all in it for the same thing um and you all share the same passion um i mean it's i feel like it's a lot in the same it's just kind of the horror genre in general um and then i also like the fact that there are still so many up and coming um core filmmakers directors and producers and people that are so passionate about the genre that it's still churning out new content because i think that that is something that a lot of people say just about um well i mean i i've been hearing a lot recently and i think that probably had more to do i don't I, i'm sure some people are familiar i don't know if you guys are familiar there's been this like clip that's been released recently when matt damon was on um hot one uh matt damon talking about (laughs) see what i have to quote team america every time i hear his name Oh my God. So, it's been way too long. I love Team America so much. <laughs> it's been way too long. Um, but there's been this clip that's just been reoccurring of him on Hot Ones kind of talking about the state of the movie <coughs> industry. And I think it can seem so bleak um, when you hear him talking about how so much has changed versus like people going to the theaters and buying DVDs versus streaming and things like that. But I think though, to kind of piggyback off of what he said, I think a lot of the times it just really depends on the genre. And I think that horror in particular really has just grabbed the streaming by the balls and has really made it their own. And it's really been a huge benefit to the horror community i probably would say more so in like the indie horror community because it's giving a lot of uh up-and-coming filmmakers a variety of different chances to have their work out there um whether it's like they they put it on youtube or um you know they get opportunities with buddy bites and they're able to you know have it distributed out there by a bigger name so um i feel like shutter really took that by the by the balls because i feel like what whoever came up with shutter um you know i remember when i first got shutter and it took me two hours to watch an hour-long movie because you literally could not get it to stop buffering or you know, because it didn't have very good servers. It was like Disney Plus when it first came out. Like, they did not prepare their servers for the amount of people that were on it. Um, and it was getting aggravating because I was like, every time I try to watch Shudder, I can't watch any of the movies. So I, I got rid of it for a long time. And then yeah. uh, a friend of mine, Carl, uh, he was like, you got to get it again. He's like, they're, the servers are so much better. They're doing a great job. And then I remember when I got it again, and just the nostalgia that was on Shudder. Like, not even just the new stuff, the nostalgia. And now they're doing their originals. And just like Becky said, now they're getting, you know, originals and newer directors and indie films. There's been films on Shudder that I've seen that are absolutely 
fantastic. And they're doing documentaries too. That's yeah, their found yeah. footage, their found footage documentary. I still have to watch, but I was like, I literally love that they've done a documentary on my absolute favorite genre of horror. Not to mention the '80s documentary that was what eight hours long with both of them. <laughs> so. Um, that was absolutely amazing. And then to see those movies on Shudder, no longer on Shudder, but I'm seeing them on other streaming platforms. And it's, it's just really cool because it feels like I'm seeing Shudder as a stepping stone for people. And that's, that's actually really cool to see because Shudder is like $6 a month and it's worth every penny. Yeah. You know, Shudder is definitely like your horror section at the video store from yesterday. And, and I, oh yeah. And, you know, as much as I miss video stores, you know, you think about it, it's like, well, we've pretty much all, you know, us diehard horror fans have pretty much seen every 70s and 80s horror film out there. So going to the video store on a Friday night wouldn't have the same excitement that it did 20 years ago because we've worn all those movies out. And I'm not saying that I wouldn't still watch The Fog or The Thing a million more times before I'd croak, but, you know, I... If I go to the video store, I'm going to want to rent something and, and get excited to watch it. And renting something like The Fog, which I've seen a thousand times, is not exactly exciting. And so that's what I like about, about streaming is that you can put something on, and if you don't like it, you can turn it off and find something else. The problem then is that it takes you an hour to find something sometimes because there's so much stuff that you have to find something that interests you. And then when the plot sounds good and the poster looks good, you put it on and five minutes into it, you're like, this is a bag of shit. They spent more money on the poster than they did on the movie. How many times me and Becky How have both done times? that? How many times? Yeah. You get that, that picture, you're like, oh, this looks so good. And you're like, what is this? I leery-eye the picture. If the picture looks amazing and I've never heard of the film, I'm researching it before I even start. Remember we were just talking about this because there was a newer movie, Casper, you showed me and I was like, okay, poster looks great, but I'm going to have to do some research because <laughs> this could be another disappointment and <laughs> kind of getting yeah. sick of these disappointments. Yeah, and, and that's and that's how it is. But, you know, all it really costs you is time because you can just sit and look through it. You know, like, like I love Tubi because I've got like my list on Tubi right now is like 50 titles and they're all super low budget horror movies. Yes. But, and, and I bet you 45 out of the 50 of them are terrible, but all of them have really good looking posters. So that's why I put them in my list. And eventually one night when I'm bored or messed up, you know, I'll, I'll put one on. But, you know. Um, nothing beats the classics and, and there are a handful of good new movies that have come out and, you know, I'm excited about, about some stuff that's coming out, but there's also a lot of stuff out there that I really don't like, you know, in terms of the, the new genre overall, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan. I don't really like hipster horror and, you know, slow burn stuff that has zero payoff. Um, I agree, you know, so it's, Without it's, naming uh, names, but we've probably named the names before. But <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, there's been a couple. Um, I know we, Casper. Um, you know which one I'm talking about because it was my. It was the last movie period, but last horror movie that I saw in the theaters before the pan pandy 
panorama started and like stupid 2020 and it was the turning and oh you mean the movie that didn't even have an ending it was awful it was just awful and it was it was literally and i mean we've tony we've just talked we've talked about it at length so many times how like it was it was so slow and then by the time it was over you're like was that it i don't even know <laughs> i have no idea what i just watched i don't even know if it's over the like, entire theater the entire theater the just sat ended. there and was like huh we were like is it done is there more yeah. was that the end <laughs> i i feel like a lot of uh, a lot of films are, are kind of like that and and you know to be honest like you know, and I, I critique all movies as not only a filmmaker, but also, and, and a film distributor, but also a film, a horror movie fan. You know, the first and foremost, I'm a fan of the genre. And so when I yeah. watch it, I'm trying to watch it as, as a fan, not as a filmmaker. I don't break it down and say, oh, well, I love the lighting in that shot. You know, that, that I, I'm able to remove myself from, from analyzing it, but I have to tell you, I have watched a lot of movies, in particular, a lot of short films, where I feel like the filmmaker didn't really know how to tell a story. It's like, they're like, okay, well, I'm going to give you a beginning, I'm going to give you a middle, but I'm not going to give you an end. Like, it's just going to end, and there's no resolution. Like, there's no explanation, and, and it's like, what just happened? Like, the credits are rolling? What the fuck? Did I, did I fast forward accidentally? And I think that's part of the problem, and you know, I a lot of people say this, and, and I've said it a hundred times when I've talked to people about horror films, especially. It's like with the with the the evolution of technology, you know, it's made filmmaking something that's at everybody's fingertips. If you want to be a director, you can make a movie, which is great in a lot of ways because so many people now can express their creativity, and in a lot of regards, people are being, you know. Um, discovered because of it. But the problem is, is that there is so much content out there that for every 15 shitty movies you watch, you might find one good one. And, and so, you know, as a fan, it gets kind of exhausting. Um, and I'm sure you girls agree with that because you watch probably as many horror movies as I do. Oh, for sure. Like you get that, that I'll never forget. I know I was talking to Becky about this one time. You know, sometimes I get this ama this big want to just sit and watch a shit ton of horror movies I haven't watched. And probably one out of ten of them will be a hidden gem. And I will yeah. never forget, I will never forget the night that I decided to watch Hell House LLC out of nowhere. I remember I saw it on Amazon Prime. And I looked up the reviews, and the reviews were pretty decent, and I was like, well, I've never seen this before, but it's found footage, and I love found footage, so I'll watch it. And I remember when my roommate came home while I was watching it, and she's like, you good? And I'm like, I haven't been this genuinely creeped out watching a, movie, watching a horror film in a long time. I'm like, this is truly a hidden gem, but it's it's just like you said, it's like, it's like finding the hay in the needle stack. You gotta, you gotta go through a bunch of toads before you find the prints. Like, it, it takes a long time, but man, sometimes those ones that you find, and I think Hell House I saw was, and it's finally starting to become a cult classic now, but 
no one talked about that movie like at all and then autopsy of jane doe was another one no one talked about that movie and all of a sudden it started being talked about well i think i think that hell house llc had enough of a cult following because they made two sequels and granted it's pretty easy to make a found footage movie so you know it's pretty inexpensive they probably made those for twenty five, thirty thousand dollars when all said and done so I'm not surprised that they made three of them, but at the same point in time, you're right. It, it had some decent qualities, which is impressive considering the location wasn't that grandiose. You know, it was a very small building that they were shooting that movie in. And I think I watched, I don't know if I watched part three, but I definitely saw one and two. Don't and watch three. Reason, but don't watch three. <laughs> oh, gosh. If I can give you any advice, if I can give anybody out there listening advice, please, please, for all that is... <laughs> holy do not watch three it, it's i mm, it, it just it took a whole different turn from the original two i think just sticking with the story of just the craziness of what happened with the uh the uh the main characters from the first one that ultimately came in that turned it into the haunted house and then like everything that happened to them um the first two really hold solid to like keeping that. I I think the first one there was just so much of this like creepy factor. Um, I still can't watch that movie by myself. Um, <laughs> I I can't watch it at home by myself, and I I don't usually get. There, there's been very few movies that have like genuinely like really creeped creeped me out. Um, that was actually something I wanted to mention, kind of to circle back to bloody bite there was one um because i know this was one that me and casper talked about a lot that was an episode 25 was pleasant in yeah that movie I, that one was absolutely amazing oh i was so i was definitely creeped out Same. And I, I was by myself you want to talk about being i was by myself watching it and was very creeped out like even with it being animated it yeah. i mean it it left like a, like a, ugh, you know, like I was really like, ugh, like it left something on me after I watched it. I was thoroughly creeped out. I know. I was like, it's a cartoon and it's so eerie. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, it's like, you know, and, and I, David Romero, no relation to George, is the, um, he's the director, the animator. And oh, great. We've, okay. got, we've got four or five of his films in Bloody Bites. Um, he actually, episode two, which I think premiered this, what is the, uh, premieres this, this Friday. Um, he has a short called Pine Devil, which is really good. That's in that, um, that's in this episode that premieres Friday. Um, he's got another one that's called uh, Midnight Snack, which is really good too. And I think that one's playing in one of the Halloween episodes coming up in a, uh, next month. Um, but he's just, he also did, I, I got some station IDs on Bloody Disgusting TV, which if you watch the show on Pluto, you wouldn't see them. But if you watch Bloody Disgusting TV, um, during the commercial breaks, you actually see like our station IDs and kind of like the old MTV ones. And <clears throat> David, uh, did some animations that I used to create them, and he's just so talented. And um, yeah, Pleasant Inn is easily one of my favorite short films in Bloody Bites. 
that was definitely one that could have been I I could have I could have had a full length movie. I I just there was so there was so much like I was so invested in Same. knowing what that creature was and yeah. like what its purpose like, was. What in the hell doing that? I was so invested. Same. And Same the here. um the other one that we had talked about too was Seamstress. That one was super creepy. Yeah, anything with dolls, anything, <laughs> especially with dolls in that aspect, it, it it almost sort of gave me um, it kind of gave me May feelings, to be honest, a little bit, and I think more so with the dynamic of like a human and a doll figure, and almost like a doll coming to life. It just, yeah, that was. That was another one that was really creepy. Um, and I I personally really, really, really loved The Night Receptionist. Yeah, that one oh, was I really thought, creepy, too. I like that one. Was that done... Um, was that done in Japan? Like, was that a Japanese director that, that did that one? I don't believe the director is Japanese, but I do believe it was made in Japan. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I don't recall, uh, but I want to say yes because I remember when when he initially contacted me about including it in Bloody Bites, um, he had said I want to say that he said that that it was made in Japan, and so I thought, well, shit, I don't have very many movies from Japan, so that's that's a really cool thing, and the quality of it's really good, and I again, that's that's kind of what I was talking about with the the theme of an episode where. Both of those shorts, Pleasant Inn and, and Night Receptionist, take place in, you know, staying somewhere. Um, and so I, I kind of like how how that theme runs true throughout that episode. They're, they're entirely different types of films, but, you know, um, yeah, I'm glad that you like that, too. You know, there's there's just a lot of really great stuff. You know, Bloody Bikes, like I said, it's, it's meant to showcase the best of the best. Um, and, you know, I... I'm very proud of what we've curated, and it's just going to keep continuing. You know, there's as, at this point, it's perpetual, so we are never going to stop. Like I said, we're premiering season four in December, and um, season four's got a lot of really good short films too. So I'm pretty excited about it. So besides, I love to hear that. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. you go ahead. Go ahead. Um, no, I was just going to say that I love to hear that it's, that it's going to be ongoing and also, um, pointing out too, that you're absolutely right. And that actually wasn't <laughs> my brain. That actually wasn't something I noticed until you mentioned it, how each episode, um, even though there's diff even though there's different shorts, they all sort of have a cohesive, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? They all kind of, they, they share kind of the same thing to them. And I didn't even think about that until you said that Pleasant and so I'm like, of course they both do. They're in, cause there, there can be this creepiness with hotels. I mean, there can be. So I think that's really interesting that both of them as different as they are still play on that kind of creep factor of like how creepy a, a hotel can be. So that, that's really cool too. I didn't notice that till now that they all do kind of have similarities that each one share a similarity in each episode. That's really cool. Sometimes, not every time, because I still have to adhere to like the time, you know, the run time. Of course. You know, you yeah. need it, it needs to be about thirty minutes with uh, with commercial breaks. So 
you know, if I create an episode, it's going to be anywhere from 21 to like 25 minutes, but I've been starting to actually make the episodes longer up to like 35 minutes, 38 minutes long, because we have some short films that are <laughs> longer. Like I, uh, last week, the first episode of season three was a short film I did about 12 years ago called A Chance in Hell, which is a Nazi zombie short film. Um, and uh, so that's like 33 minutes long. We got another one. Next week's new episode uh, is called the, um, the Altruist, which is by, I believe his name is Matt Smith. Um, and it is such a weird, fucked up movie. Um, and it's like 35 minutes long, and it's just super wacky. Um, the director is also the, the lead actor in it about this guy who's got his wife like chained to a bed in their basement and like <coughs> he's like taking care of her and, and you find out like like why she's chained to the basement and it's just so weird and there's a, like a moment where I literally cringed while I was watching it so um, I'm here for it <laughs> yeah. yeah there's there's some good episodes coming out this season I'm pretty excited about it and like I said, we've got, you know, uh, the, the week of Halloween, um, we're going to have three new episodes, actually four, because October we obviously have a new episode every Friday, and then I'm going to premiere three episodes from season four in the week of Halloween as well. So we're going to do quite a bit of, of new Bloody Fights that week. So lots of cool stuff going on. Um, Heck yeah. I was just about to ask you, uh, besides the bloody bites and the uh, possible new skeletons in the closet movie, are there any other stuff that's coming up for you that's new? Uh, so that you I, can uh, talk about, I should say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. So I, my, the my two co-producers from the Rake and Skeletons in the Closet, Sarah Sharp and Robert Patrick Stern. Um, they they are uh, they're married and they have a company called the Line Film Company, and they've been just kicking ass and taking names for the last three years. Um, Sarah specifically has you know she got into the Producers Guild and she has been just producing movie after movie. I think she's doing about three or four features a year now. Um, they started with the Stylist, which I I would imagine you probably watched on Shutter. Uh, Oh yeah, I know what you I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, so they did the stylist, which I was an associate producer on and my wife and I worked in the art department on that for a little bit. And then um they did Revealer, which just came out on Shutter about a month ago. Um, which my wife worked on again and um so you know, we're kinda keeping it in the mix. Um and then we did in Last year, we did a Christmas movie called Christmas is Cancelled, which is an Amazon movie. So that's on Amazon Prime. It stars Dermot Mulroney, um, Haley Arantia, who was in uh, The Goldbergs. Um, it's pretty funny. It's, it's a Christmas comedy. Not, not a horror movie, but it's still pretty, pretty cool, and it's got some good moments in it. Um, my wife and I ran the art department in that. And then um, more recently... My buddy John Pata directed a movie called Black Mold, which Rob and Sarah produced, and that was earlier this year. Um, I'm a co-producer on that. And then, uh, 
And then we actually just last week wrapped on a movie called Sin Eater. Um, at least that's the working title. And that's produced by the guy who did The Sadness, which came out earlier this year. Uh, kind of a, an Asian zombie movie um, that was gross as all hell. Um, yeah. I, I, um, yeah, I, I heard a lot about that to the point that I, I think I'm going to skip it. Um, just me personally, I mad respect though. Like I, I, I've heard it's insanely well done. Well, I think it's, you know, if, if you've seen, in my opinion, if you've seen one Asian zombie movie, you've seen them all, you know, uh, right? Yeah. Trek to Busan. Um, oh, listen though. I, it, and this is probably me just being a total snob, but Train to Busan is kind of like, I, I, I put that movie on, on a pedestal. <laughs> That's kind of the that's that's kind of the zombie movie to beat regardless of any country. Train to Busan was perfection. Yeah, I, I feel like that one is just really that that one's a tough one. That, I, mean, I, you know, don't, and, I don't agree. I I didn't think there was anything special about that movie. I'm like, okay, zombies on a train, what do you fucking do? <laughs> yeah, I, I feel hey, like listen, I I've I seen love it. the opinion on it. I love your opinion. I exactly mad respect. It's just I've I've seen it you know you've seen a million different zombie movies. It's like as soon as as soon as Return of the Living Dead made zombies run, and then you know it kind of had a resurgence with the De with the Dawn of the Dead remake. Then all of a sudden it's like that's the thing is fast zombies, and there's literally a thousand different examples of it. And so it's like the only difference is where it takes place and how gory it is based on how big the special effects budget is, and you know so. To me, the sadness falls in that category. I wasn't overly impressed with the sadness, but it was a highly regarded film to come out this year, earlier this year. You know, if you look up 2022 horror movies, I think the sadness is up there in some of the most popular releases. And yeah, I'm not all for super gory stuff. I'm, I'm not all for gory for the sake of gory. That's why I'm not even a big fan of Terrifier. And I've heard Terrifier 2 is like, insanely gory um not to mention it's two and a half hours long which is like holy shit Godfather for gore. <laughs> i didn't know it was that long i'm here for I it, it was that long. <laughs> yeah. um, but i've heard so many people are saying it's good like people love it and so i'm excited about that for for screen box and for blade disgusting and cinodyne but like I'm, I'm not as much as i love special effects and respect practical effects it's like i don't need the gore for a horror movie to be good i want to be creeped out by a horror movie but so that's where like the sadness to me was kind of like we're gonna make this movie gory for the sake of making it gory but right. um but you know i'm, I'm still I'm, I'm very proud of my friends like for them to be given the opportunity to produce a movie with the producer of that movie you know that that just shows that that my friends are doing everything right and um, you know, they've got multiple films that are, that are on shutter now and, um, or have been involved in other ones that are releasing on shutter soon. Um, you know, they shot one of the shorts for scare package too, um, with our buddy, Anthony cousins. And, um, so, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just overall very excited about where everything's going over the next couple of years. And, um, you know, we've got we're we're looking to start shooting another uh, comedy feature in October in Chicago, um, tentatively called "Fuck You, Big Pharma." 
Um, <laughs> <coughs> um, I personally love the uh, title to that. Um, you can you can keep you can keep Same. that title. Please. I, uh, that's pretty perfect just just well, just my personal opinion we, we can't use that title going after locations because they get scared yeah. off yeah um, just tell them it's a different name and yeah. so i know <laughs> yeah yeah the the working title is logistical nightmare but that, uh, yes exactly that's that's perfect yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so that 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 we're kind of gearing up to start shooting october 6th um and you know it's right now so it's kind of heavy pre-production on that um and I'm, I'm helping produce that. Um, so, you know, just keeping busy. I mean, it absolutely slammed. Um, but I, all of this is because my goal is to be producing, um, directing, you know, working with Bloody Disgusting full time one day, you know, soon uh, in the next, you know, five to 10 years. And so if everything keeps going up and up, um, hopefully that happens. But, uh, you know, for right now, I'm happy with where I'm at. I, I wish I had more free time, but you know, <laughs> all, all for the benefit of my, my future, I would say. Well, I wish you well, absolutely thanks. nothing but the best of luck when it of comes course. to that stuff. Because you're, you're an absolute sweetheart. You've been so nice to us. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm sorry. <clears throat> the vid is taking over at the moment. <clears throat> but um, you've been so nice to us and... Uh, we appreciate you coming on the show again, and we can't wait to talk to you again to see what you're up to in the future. And you know, we wish you absolutely nothing but the best because you're you're a good director and clearly a great producer. So we look very forward to seeing what you have in the future as well. No, thank you. That's very nice of you to say, and and I feel the same. You know, I I want to come back on the show because I appreciate that you've maintained your your you know communication with me and been fans of our work and you know that means everything to us we can't keep doing what we do um which we love doing if it wasn't for fans and and if it wasn't for people like you helping us promote it to other people out there who would never have heard of it because there's a hundred thousand horror films coming out every year now um so you know it's 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 very much one hand washes the other and uh i i probably can't couldn't exist without you guys existing so um I think we make this kind of an every two or three year thing, getting me back on the show and we, we catch up and see what's going on. And hopefully in two or three years, I'll have a bunch of other things to talk about. And hopefully it'll Sounds be, hopefully it'll yeah, be a better time of yeah. the year for everyone. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> hopefully you'll make time for us because we, you know, we appreciate it too. It's definitely, you know, anytime we ever get to, have um, filmmakers like you on it's such a pleasure for us because not only do you know we take a lot from it I'm sure our audience takes a lot from it um, and just kind of hearing like the inner workings how things go into it the processes all those different things so um, yeah and we definitely wish you the best of luck with everything we've loved we've loved everything so far we're really excited about everything to come and and definitely having you back on to talk about it for sure yeah, I, I definitely would be more than happy to come back on at any point. You guys just reach out. Um, otherwise, if, if I can pimp my stuff for a second, you know, people um, who haven't checked out any of our movies should go to scotchworthy.com. That's like a bottle of scotch and worthy, like we are not worthy. Um, but it's one word, scotchworthy.com. Um, 
in the store. You can buy copies of all of our movies. Um, you can get Skeletons in the Closet t-shirt. Uh, you can get the Skeletons in the Closet vinyl uh, soundtrack. Um, if you're a record collector, that's a really awesome one to have. It's neon green. I've only got a couple copies of it left out of 100 uh, uh, vinyl pressings. Um, otherwise, you can watch our movies on a bunch of streaming platforms. You can watch The Rake on Peacock. Uh, Skeletons in the Closet on Amazon, Tubi, um, on Bloody Disgusting TV, and Screenbox, I think it's on. Um, and definitely check out Bloody Bites. Bloody Bites is a lot of fun. Um, put it on in the background if you just want something horror on in the background. Um, you can stream it through Pluto on demand. You can watch it on Roku, Sling, uh, like I said, Vizio. Um, if you have Screenbox, you can stream it on Screenbox as well. Um, and we're hopefully soon going to be on um, Samsung, Sony, TCL, and uh, a bunch of other things, too. So, again, girls, thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. <clears throat> well, thank you very much, Tony. Thank you for being patient with us and uh, being able really to reschedule and uh, even still being able to do tonight, even though we almost had to, but I said no. <laughs> I said we're just gonna call. We're not there rescheduling no again. We're doing this. <laughs> of course, I'm glad we did it. All right, Tony. Will you take care, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again. Yeah, you as well, ladies. Thank you. All Thanks, right. Tony. Take care. Bye. Bye. You still there? Yep, I'm here. All right, my dudes. Oh my goodness. <clears throat> poor thing. Um, I'm fine. Guys for listening tonight. Um, I hope you all enjoyed it. We really appreciate having Tony on. I was so glad we were able to make that happen. And uh, guys, check out everything he's done. You know, like he plugged at the end, Scotchworthy.com has got everything on there to purchase. It's got um, in view. Uh, and yeah, hey, Pluto, totally free. You can watch Bloody Bites on there, and the episodes are so easy to watch. And like he said, I mean, I literally, like, I'm working, I have it on in the background. They're so, it's so easy to just have it on in the background, or if you do have certain episodes that you're invested in, they're so quick to get through. They really are. <clears throat> they're pretty fast. Um, since we didn't get to do it before the uh, podcast, uh, we could do a word from our sponsor, calm your body down i will not be singing it there is no way There's i could be singing it right no now way. no that's totally fine <laughs> we're just gonna we're gonna save that for another time um but uh guys so the um pumpkin spice bath bombs are still coming i'm hoping to have them uh hopefully by next week um <laughs> There's just been a lot going on in the interim. Life gets in the way. But hopefully by next week, um, still plugging for the market next weekend. So just check back for all those details. Uh, everything is calm your body down on Etsy. All your favorites are still available. The oatmeal honey and um, the sage mint. But, uh, yeah, the pumpkin spice will be coming soon. Um, so that'll be here for fall and the rest of the year. So they won't be going anywhere once they're out, but just check back for more information and it's calm your body down everywhere. Etsy and Instagram. Calm your body down. <laughs> it's weird right, cause I'm it. not seeing it. <laughs> all right, guys. Um, so next week, uh, we will be talk. We will finally be bringing you guys the episode about the men in black. Um, we've been trying to, we're trying to finally catch up everything that we've 
uh, had to postpone. And again, today I was, as soon as I found out I was positive for COVID yesterday, I literally said, are you fucking kidding me? Um, cause I was like, we're not, we're not rescheduling. We can't keep rescheduling everything. We can't keep pushing it back. <laughs> I was like, we could do a phone call. We did it in 2020 when COVID first started. So, um, yep. Hey, we sure did. We, we made did. It work, so, but Just yeah, next week we're going to, gonna, we're going to be talking about men in blacks. Looking super forward to that episode. Um, what was the name of that, uh, documentary on Tubi again? Um, it's called, it's Who Saw the Men in Black. It's, it's really great, really informative, really easy to watch. Um, a lot of really great information. And like we were saying before, there's a, recently on TikTok, it's like there's been an upsurge of like Men in Black stuff. So, um, it's definitely a good time to Very talk about it and have that out. And now everybody has time. To watch the Tubi doc, who saw the Men in Black, in case they haven't watched it, and just like Pluto, Tubi, totally free. So definitely check that out if you didn't get a chance to. And all right, guys, of course, you know, we have the socials at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at DFWTO Podcast. Handles is DFWTO88. Wait. Yeah, 8811. I'm COVID brain. Give me a a chance here. Um, Email is uh if you have any questions concerns or want to say hey dfwto8493 at gmail.com and um subscribe and follow us and you'll always know when we put out new episodes and we of course are on all of the big platforms itunes google Podcasts, spotify and um podbean that way when you know we put out new episodes and hopefully we have no more fucking hiccups and we can just continue to keep putting new episodes out Every Wednesday. <laughs> A thousand percent. I'm yeah. tired. I don't think I'm tired, we're running, boss. I, you know, we're, gonna, we're just, we're just going to keep our fingers crossed that we're not going to run into any more problems. There's just been enough going on. So. We're tired. We're tired, boss. <laughs> we are tired. So thanks guys for sticking around with us though and all the support and thank you again, Tony, for coming on and talking with us. This was a great uh, interview and you guys haven't had a chance definitely check out all of his stuff so uh yes thank you yeah. thank you guys so much um and thanks again tony just like becky said we really loved having you can't wait to have you again and uh you guys have a safe week don't get covid it's don't not get, it's not great sick at all just, just yeah just don't because the regular flu is starting to go around now too and you know oh, yeah. it's just yeah there's like been a stomach virus going around it's just just stay home. Just, just, just <laughs> don't go any. Stay home to watch horror movies. I mean, what, yeah, what's, what's wrong Funny with Mike. that? Stay home and watch skeletons in the closet. <laughs> there you go. All right, guys. Well, have a great week, and remember, don't fuck with don't the fuck with, with the, the original. original. Bye.